Hello and welcome to Legal Thinking with me, Ed Whitten, and my co-host, Liam Pape. Hello. Um, Liam, I have a question for you. Can you tell me about, just walk me through step by step, your experience of, say, buying clothes. Let's say you start on the high street and you walk into a shop. Just okay. can you describe that experience for me? Plus, I don't know. I, I, I find something with a, I find a, a shirt with some nice colours on it uh, and then look for my size and then take it to the counter and and then buy, buy it. I'm, I'm not really someone who tries stuff on. Like, I, I know what size I am and that tends to be that, that tends okay. to be well. Is that the answer you were looking for? Well, yeah, the point, the, point, the point of me asking that was within that you mentioned probably about four instances of looking or seeing mm. or Ooh, something yeah. like that. And actually, what if you couldn't see? What would your experience be of, you know, using a shop? Um, and that's what we've been exploring this week um, with a couple of guests from the the Vision Foundation, um, which, uh, just to give you a bit of background on it, Liam, um, in 1921, it was um, uh, formed as the Greater London Fund for the Blind, um, set up to support and give a voice to blind and partially sighted people across London. Um, And today, they're now the Vision Foundation, still transforming lives. Uh, They've distributed more than 30 million to sighted loss organisations that work to inform, include and empower London's visually impaired community. Um, And they say it's the heart of what they do. Um, And from speaking to them, I can definitely tell that's the case. Uh, The couple of guests we have on are Phil Bevan, who's their director of retail, and Monica Smith, uh, their philanthropy manager. Um, I was also joined um, by our own Peter Foskett from our real estate team, just to give us a bit of insight as to how making changes to make a shop more accessible for people with disabilities, um, perhaps other than for visually impaired people, might be uh, practically done. Okay, let's play the interview. So I guess the first question might be towards um, Phil, actually, which is, can you tell us a bit about what the Vision Foundation has, has done with this uh, project in uh, West, West Norwood? Yes, we've um, been working through a, a, a rebrand of our charity shops. We rebranded to Vision Foundation. And whilst we were doing that, one of our objectives um, was not only to create um a accessible and inclusive store environment for uh, visually impaired customers, um, but we also wanted to create employment and volunteering opportunities um, uh, for the visually impaired. So um, we took the step that we started off. We always try and work through being led by lived experience. So we pulled together a group of um, uh, kind of our VI supporters, and we had a focus meeting about what we could do, what were the challenges that were created um, in retail environments, and what barriers were put up, and how we could address these. Uh, we got some amazing feedback from that group, and then we went out and and um, went out to a access and inclusion advisor, Katie Gonzalez-Bell, and she came in and did an audit, not only of our retail space, but back of house. Um, So she came up with some amazing recommendations and really kind of quite intuitive when you you think about it, quite easy to implement. Um, And then we built that into our new store concept for West Norwood. Great. Um, and going over to, to Monica, given you're visually impaired yourself, um, in your experience, how accessible is the high street for those who have visual impairments? 
Well, this, 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 this visual impairment is quite a, a broad um, um, spectrum, um, and I, ca I can only talk from the sort of totally blind aspect. Obviously, people with partial sight will need very different access requirements to myself. Yeah. Um, but for myself, um, it's uh, getting to the shops, I tend to have to, to go with a friend. And then once I'm in, in the shop, it would be very nice if I were able to sort of find a shop assistant and get them to sort of guide me around the shop and describe things to me. And um, that is not always um, on offer. It's mm -hmm. quite difficult to find a shop assistant who um, is able or, or not able but um you know is trained in in guiding somebody around a shop and describing items so um but i know for partially sighted people things like lighting is very important um larger larger print labels um tactile paving that sort of thing um is is very important and um i i know that that is what we've done at our west norwood shop um mm -hmm. and i've had a a, a little go around there and because um the shops are smaller charity shops tend to be smaller it's much easier to find your way around than you would in a, like a big department store um so so yeah so, so it sounds like to me um that for those with um any visual impairment really it's more about training the shop team rather than kind of or completely. you know as well as um, completely, completely. It's, it's it's all about the personal connection with 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 the person i mm. mean it's all very well to have sort of large print um you know labels but it, you know if, if you can't actually find your way around so i mean the, the shops where i've had the best uh, experiences are those that you know where the the, 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 sh the shop assistant takes an interest mm -hmm. and uh, and sort of gu guides you around and, and describes you know whether it's a, a dress with red spots or white spots or you know if it's uh, you know I, mean, I, I can feel the dress but it's it's the colorings and and that sort of stuff which which is the important and then finding your way to the till I know some shops have now got accessible tills which I never knew about and that means that you don't have to stand in, in the in the long queue you can actually go up to to the accessible till i always thought that that was just for people in wheelchairs but apparently mm -hmm. i i can actually go up to to that till as well so i'm um, making those sort of easy to find is, is very important but it is as as phil said earlier on it's 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 just that personal touch which makes all the difference to yep. um, anybody like myself who's shopping and, and I guess going over to Phil, what kind of steps have you taken to create a, uh, an accessible shop for those who are visually impaired? As, as not just the training, but the, the physical things that you've done in the shop. Yeah, if I kind of walk you through from the, the moment you hit the storefront into the store. So um, we're all aware of the normal um, high-level banner, which gives your store name to customers. So mm -hmm. one of the recommendations was to bring that down to a, a mid-level height on the glazing. So we repeated the brand name um, lower down the window. So if you do have a visual impairment, it's, it's easier to see. Um, another point, which is quite a common factor through um, shopping centre environments, is making sure that you've got the window manifestations across the glass and the door. So that just helps somebody again with a visual impairment um, not not physically walk into the into the glass. Um, a, a lot of these recommendations are so cheap and easy to, to implement. Um, Again, through the actual threshold, you then we used a high yellow contrast strip around the door frame, and mm -hmm. it's all about creating these contrasts um, to pick up visual clues to be able to navigate. Um, 
along the um, the interior of the shop. So we used a, a quite a dark slate flooring. And then uh, one of the recommendations was um, we put a lighter color contrast strip through the flooring, which again starts to give you a visual clue when you might be coming up to a, a physical fixture against the wall. Um, and we used a, um, a raised rubber border, uh, which helps not only in terms of the color contrast, the light gray to the dark, but if you are navigating with a cane, it gives you a textural difference to feel. And that again, stops you walking into fixtures. Um, another very easy fix is that you need to make sure that your physical, so if you've got hanging clothes on the wall or shelving, these don't protrude past the frame of the unit which is on the on the wall uh, again if you're if you're if you're navigating with a cane it just helps you to demarcate where you are in the shop and as you're walking through yep. again high color contrast so all our price ticketing is on a white background um, with a bright yellow circle and we use black writing on that so good clear indications of price again this high contrast is key to what we do um the other thing we implemented, and this was going back to also wanting to have employment opportunities, is we've had a new EPOS system created, which works on a high visibility. So everything is yellow on black in terms yep. of the um, the physical EPOS on the screen. And then there's also voice prompts um, for the user and for the customer uh, when they're coming to pay. Um, Monica very kindly we lean on a lot in vision foundation came out and did some fantastic guiding training going back to what we need to do with our people um, and also assisted shopping training and that's something as we roll out this concept um, we'll be rolling out through all our stores um, to train our our staff and volunteers yeah um, and monica how much how much of a, a difference was that for you going for experiencing the, the changes that Vision Foundation are trying to make in the sh in the shop compared well, to your usual experience. Well, for for me, it's the first to actually have a shop that that you know actually puts our needs first. Mm. Um, so so you know I, I I applaud the Vision Foundation for for starting, um, you know, to make their shops accessible. And then um, what I found was you know as I said that the guide training that I gave the staff, I mean to me seemed very straightforward, but obviously. To, to, to somebody who isn't blind, you know, it, it's, it's a learning curve. And I was really quite surprised that, 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 that you know, the, the simple things that I was recommending were quite an eye opener. Um, yeah. Excuse the pun to, to, to train, training the, uh, to training the staff. I, I just sort of said, please, can you help me find a sort of a size 12 blouse? And, um, and then, you know, they sort of picked one up and I said, well, can you describe the color of that? And, you know, it was quite, quite interesting to see um, how, how they, they coped with that. Hmm. But I mean, that's as, that's as simple as it, as it gets, you know, just just being able to um, have that help. Um, yeah. And um, and yeah, I, I, I know they found it very insightful and very helpful. And uh, as I said, that, that is as simple as it needs to be. Just polite. If, if, if somebody sees somebody with a dog or with a cane or even somebody looking a bit lost coming into the shop, just Picking approach. Picking up on those signs. Yeah. Exactly. Approach, yeah. say, you know, can I help you? And then all I would say is, yes, please, I'm, I'm visually impaired and I'm looking for, I don't know, whatever it is. Um, and, yeah, just, just having that personal touch. 
Yeah, great. And it's interesting what Phil, Phil you're saying about it. it's not just about making it more accessible for the customers, but also the the employees as well who who work there, which is obviously very important. So, yeah, um, the, um, one of the the things it actually came out of COVID. So when the the social distancing came in, and as Monica said early, you know, charity shops are an amazing place to be because there's something of everything, but they can be quite cluttered. Hmm. And COVID actually with the the social distancing. Um, kind of forced us to make these clear pathways between our units um and we since that has changed we've kept those clear pathways so you're just removing these trip hazards because it's um it's amazing again we kind of use the the gray light border again to make sure that anything which could be a trip hazard is behind that point so they're all it's all kind of common sense when you start looking at it and for, for any retailer and, and especially a charity retailer where we're raising funds for our beneficiaries, you want to keep costs to a minimum. Um, we've really found that some of these things are so easy and, and cheap to implement, but they make all the difference. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess taking things over to um, Peter now from a kind of uh, a retailer's perspective, it sounds like there are obviously a lot of very simple things that retailers can do to make um, their shops uh, more accessible to visually impaired people or, or anyone who might have a disability. But there's obviously some time where they might need more space or anything like that, or uh, say someone's got a, a physical disability and might need to make um, a, a shop's doorway more accessible, perhaps. Yeah. What, how challenging is that for for retailers to do, maybe if they're commercial tenants, for example, to make big changes to make to make their shop more accessible? Yeah. Just for answer, can I just pick up from uh, my, my mother suffered from macular degeneration. So towards the end of her life, her her eyesight became very, very poor. And, and what's been said about staff training um, just rings such a, a, a bell in my head because you know, my, my mother, uh, A, greatly appreciated the shops where the staff were helpful and understood how to help uh, but also it made it was good business sense for those businesses too because those were the yeah. shops she would go back to because you know, she, she knew they were helpful um, one of her problems was always paying um, and, I, and I don't know whether maybe something Monica can elaborate on when, when I have finally answered your question uh, but you know she always found paying very difficult yes. because you know, she, putting it putting in her pin number in in the card machine which you know I take for granted was yeah. a real challenge for my mother. Um, and, 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 you know, it's just very basic things like that, which I think is, is what, what's been talked about. It's, it's staff training, it's making members of staff, um, oh, forgive, forgive, pun not intended, but for them to see the obvious things which blind and partially sighted people can't see. Yeah. Uh, exactly, it, it, exactly. With, the, with yeah. the, the card machines, they're always in different places. They always like sometimes you put your card this way, that way. Obviously, um, um, the pin, chip and pin now where you just tap the card is, is sort of made my life so much easier. Um, and then, and you know, it's just simple things like sometimes I've sort of Got, gone to get my change and the, 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 the shop assistant is sort of folded my fingers around the, the money as if I'm going to lose it just because I'm blind and you know simple things like that and, and or they talk to the person that's with me um, like d does she need some help when you know when I'm standing there I mean th simple things like that are so, you know just make you feel so awful and yet could be so simply rectified with a bit with, 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 
with a bit of training. But yes, pay, paying is 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 a hard one, and it, you just need the assistant to say, yeah, the, the card machine's just in front of you, or just below you, or to the left of you. Or, you know, very simple. It doesn't cost anything. Yeah. I'll answer your question now, Ed. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, in terms of making sort of bigger alterations, I'm, I'm, I think it's if you've got a shopkeeper or a retailer who owns his own premises, owns the freehold, uh, then really, it, it, by and large, it's fairly simple. I mean, they're, they're masters of, of their own fate. They, they can make the alterations they want. They can widen the doorway. Um, they can yeah, move a wall, an internal wall. I mean, they just have to think about things like building regulations um, uh, and, and just possibly planning permission. Uh, the, the, the bigger problem really is, which, which is the norm, I, I would say, is where you know, the retailer is a tenant. Um, and then, yeah, by and large, to, to make any alterations, um, especially if they affect the structure, um, they've got to get their landlord's consent. Um, and that really for, for, for things which um, yeah, if it's making alterations to make the shop more accessible then generally it's going to be difficult uh, not impossible for a landlord to refuse consent um, so really it's, it's more a question of time and cost um, as they're going to have to pay the, uh, the landlord's fees to give consent to widen the doorway to, to do, carry out works yeah. um, and, uh, but yeah, if the landlord's being awkward um, well, it's now in the Equality Act but yeah, originally in the Disability Discrimination Act uh, it puts an obligation upon businesses to make their premises accessible uh, mm. effectively to all people and, and to take uh, and, and they're required to make reasonable modifications to achieve that so it, it, that makes it very difficult for a landlord to refuse consent because generally he's frustrating the purpose of that act yeah. and you know, in, in the lease the tenant will you know, one of the things the tenant will say in his lease is I will comply with all legislation and that mm. clearly is one very relevant piece of legislation. So, it's uh, the, the bigger problem possibly comes with you know, outside of the building. So, you know, if you are putting a ramp, if it's a bit of a step up into the shop, and you're trying to build a ramp from from the pavement up to the shop, well, then yeah, you're starting to get into bigger problems of it's the public highway, and you know, right. that, that, that's all. Um, so, I mean, there are solutions. You just have a temporary ramp, which you put down, somebody gets in, you, you, you get it out of the way. But um, uh, we, we, would, we kind of um, touched on repurposing as part of the, the retail reboot campaign we did recently. Mm. And I just wonder if this is maybe going to be more front of mind as, you know, high streets are redeveloped for multi-use mm. um, things. Do you think that's a, a possibility? That's a, a very, yeah, very, very good question. I, I mean, it's, it certainly is something that should be. I mean, as you say, the future of the high street needs to embrace uh, more than just retail. Um, and really, the corollary of that is it needs to embrace a wider section of society. It's not just people coming to shop, but it's, it's people coming to do other activities and people with, in all walks of life and, yeah, all, all, all issues. So it, it's something think people ought to think about it yeah it's an ideal opportunity to take that much wider view and to look at all buildings 
be the offices, shops, whatever, and how how do you make them more user friendly for everybody? Great. Okay. Um, well, unless anyone has anything to add, I think we're getting pretty close to time. So um, I will just add. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people listening to this who are small business owners or who work in, in, in shops and stores. And for me, one of the more interesting things that was discussed was just how cost-effective some of these measures are. I think people assume yeah. that in order to make a retail unit more accessible, that you need to spend a lot of money and kind of bend over backwards and make things more inconvenient for everyone. But that's mm. not the case at all. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was, it was just the, the use of, say, stickers on on windows, or you know, bringing uh, signage down to a certain level. Um, yeah, it's, and and just educating staff. And actually, Absolutely. one of the things that interested me specifically is that it's not just a benefit for the customer; it's a benefit for the employee as well. So, going back to what we talked about last week um, with making employment more accessible, you know, just these small changes can you know bring way more people into business whether they're buying or selling and as you mentioned in the interview ed we've done quite a bit of thought leadership here at lloyd's with the king about repurposing retail units and to read more about that in the full retail reboot report there's a lot of r's here you can go to lloydswithyking.com forward slash retail reboot yep and we also pop the link in the uh, the show notes as well in case anyone just wants to click something instead um if you want to uh well if you want to hear more from us make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening that could be apple or spotify or wherever you are um and it's also on youtube as well i should mention ah. um but yeah make sure to subscribe for weekly episodes thanks for listening bye